into the great Scott show, hour number two, the eight o'clock hour. After a month away, I couldn't keep him away any longer. What do you mean you couldn't keep me away? You were begging for Jay me to Walker show up. has been knocking on the door. He has shown up to my home. I actually did see him once at Barnes & Noble. That was cool. Yeah. Um, but between our schedules in the summertime and everything, it has, it's, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. It's good to see you, man. And, of course, I'm out next week, and it's something about media day. So we'll take a break next week, and then, um, you know, we'll get back to it the week after. But how's your summer going, man? It's uh, it's been good, um, you know. I I think I said before I, before we had our hiatus that I was going to do the Kentucky Bourbon Trail, uh, and I did do that with my cousin. And uh, Wait, so, explain what that is exactly. Okay, well, you know, in an area between Louisville and Lexington is where you're going to find a slew of bourbon distilleries, and um. You can uh, tour the facilities, actually get a bourbon tour to see how bourbon is made. You can do a tasting. Um, or you can just go to the gift shop and, and, you know, find cool stuff. And, you know, most of them have a bar open. You can have a drink while you're at it. You get to keep the glass. So that's cool. Um, but we visited, I guess, about eight of them over, the, over a three-day period. And, you know, you go to one and then you got to drive about 30, 40 minutes to get to the next one. And then so you have to kind of map it out ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did and, and we um, we had a great time. I like it. Yeah. So you got drunk? Uh, as a matter of fact, no. <laughs> what? No. I mean, look, I was driving. Okay. So it's I'm not going to. Like, it's kind of like. When you're driving around Napa doing wine tasting, yeah, and you're not. You don't have like a private van or bus or something. No, right? and and it's you know when you do a tasting, it's not even like a shot. Okay, it's not. It's not a shot's an ounce and a half. It's not even that much. Um, and I mean, I'm not. I'm not well versed in the world of bourbon. So I understand. Like, I don't. I don't know any of this. And I don't even you know, know if, drink if I had if I had a a drink at a place. Well, we'd have a drink, and then we'd wait a little while, and then we'd go and go to the next place. And uh, so, no, as a matter of fact, I did not get loopy not one time while we were there. Interesting. What about since you've been back? Um, I'm just kidding. I'm just messing around. Um, well, you know, I like, I like to watch MLB, okay? I've watched a lot of baseball since I've been back. Dodgers normally don't start till about nine o'clock. And in the room where I watch Major League Baseball, the uh, the bourbon cabinet is right to my left. So yeah, sometimes, you know. Maybe. There's you, been there's been once or twice I've fallen asleep before the game ended. There you go. Well, I mean, it is a late game. Um that's a good that's a good segue though. Got the All Star game tonight, right? Tomorrow's the you know, and and yesterday. Granted, you had the the Derby, but the only two days on the yearly calendar where there no, there's not a single game from either MLB, NBA, NFL, or NHL. Um, the World Cup, you know, FIFA crooked FIFA decided it'd be great to put it in a country where it was too hot to play in the summertime, and they would use tons of slave labor to build stadiums. They couldn't really. 
afford to build without that. A lot of, lot of bad things there, but they could have the stage right now. I've, I've said for a while now the NBA should adjust its calendar, start later, and they could really own the month of July. But the All-Star game always kind of has the stage to itself in baseball. Mm-hmm. It always has the stage to itself. I, um, my Mookie Betts jersey came in last week, so I'll be wearing it tonight. You, I was having a discussion yesterday with a couple of individuals. They were asking me, you know, how can you fix all-star games? And I said, you can't. They'll never be what they used to be. In Major League Baseball, it used to be competitive as hell. Uh-huh. It was the only time NL and AL guys got to really go at it. You didn't have free agency the way it is now, so guys were kind of on their teams. And there was a pride factor involved. You know, I'm not going to tell you that no one tonight wants to win, but it ain't it ain't like it no. used to be. It no. is, let's have fun, keep it loose, and uh, goof around. And so it's more like I feel that all-star games, I mean, the Pro Bowl is, it's always been a bit of a joke, but it's 100% a joke. Now, they don't even tackle. It's two-hand touch. It's essentially just turned into a, a red carpet event where they cosplay the sport. Yeah. They, they – um... You know, just for some of the younger folks that are out there, the American and National League used to have separate presidents. They used to have separate umpiring crews. Uh, Before free agency, you know, you didn't see teams jumping from one team to another unless, um, unless there was a trade. There was no fraternization before the All-Star game between between the two teams. And and there there were pep talks in the in the locker room about the pride of the American League and the pride of the National League and yeah and it hasn't been that in a very long time. Um, it's still, in my opinion, the best of the All Star games. Um, you know, the Pro Bowl has been a joke since it was invented. the The NBA All Star game is too. I mean, because nobody nobody guards anybody. They do in the fourth quarter. Well, yeah, and <laughs> they do in the fourth and, quarter, and and, and and that's basically true for hockey as well. Um, you know, in 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 the All Star game, the pitchers aren't saying, "Okay, well, I'm just going to go ahead and lob it in there because it's an exhibition." But they're, they're also not going to be like, "I'm going to throw this high and inside to show you who's boss. correct." Correct. Um, but it's 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 still the best of the All Star games, and. It is a it is a tradition that uh, friends gather the night of the All Star Game. Legends on Bertrand. We all wear our jerseys of our favorite teams, oh. and we watch the All Star Game together. Fun tonight. Probably be seven, eight, nine of us. Yeah. Anybody that's listening, if you got a if you got a jersey, wear it. Come on out. Go hang out Join with the B and crew. Yeah, but I I got my I, I've been wearing a Sandy Koufax road jersey for the last few years, but I I ordered a, a Mookie Betts jersey and it came in last week, so I'm wearing my white Dodgers jersey tonight. If uh, if it is tied after nine, they will then have a home run derby. Yeah, to decide the winner, which I suppose is much better than a tie, Bud Selig. I uh, I'll just full transparency. I just I have trouble getting into it at all i just any any of the all-star games i mean i'll I'll follow it but if i didn't have this job i don't i don't even think i would watch it you know 
my favorite part of the All-Star game is the pregame show. Mm-hmm. Seeing all the different jerseys and the players. Yeah, and, and, and of course now, you don't wear your, your normal jersey. Everybody, uh, tonight, they're red and blue. or Well, they're, they're white. Well, the, the home jerseys are white with gold script. Okay, gold. Um, but I, I like the introduction of the players. I, I want to see who gets cheered and who gets booed. Um, you know that they usually right. they usually have somebody good doing the national anthem. You know, I I like the pregame show, and and look, it's in L.A. and they are gonna just hammer the Astros players. They're just gonna hammer them, and that's gonna make it a great night. It'll 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 give it some drama for sure. Um, like I said, I it's. It's sports's version of a red carpet event. It is, and uh, they they go at it. But it would be like, all right, let's 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 walk out the cast of Pulp Fiction and let's honor them. And they're going to do a reading. They're yeah. not. They don't have. They're not <laughs> doing the acting. They're not putting everything on. They're they're celebrating the fact that it's this classic thing, and we're going to honor it and all this other stuff. That's that's what all star games are now with the exception of a few moments here and there where it's like, okay, we're close to the end. We want to win. Let's lock it up here. But when you compare it to an event that's probably going to last four hours, it's it, it, it you can't put the genie back in the bottle. It can never be like it was when no. you were younger. And so either you like the pageantry of it and all the different hats in your home team or your favorite team, rather, seeing your guys – and then you don't take it too serious, or you're a degenerate gambler, and you I, will lose your yeah, bleep yeah, boy, with every really. pitch. <laughs> now I I gotta I gotta say this though, you know, we sit here, and 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 what you're saying is especially true now, okay? And I'm but I'm going to go back to something that happened not all that long ago. Oh, it's an exhibition. It's an exhibition. It's an, an exhibition. It doesn't count. Who cares? Until it ends in a tie. And then everybody goes ape crap. Right. Well, people just didn't like Bud Selig. Well, that was part of it, I'm sure. Well, they don't like Rob Manfred either, okay? I, I, but home run derby is going to be an interesting way to, to decide it if it is tied after nine. Speaking of commissioners, not much. I don't need to discuss much with you from SEC media days. Greg Sankey didn't say anything out of the ordinary. Neither did Brian Kelly. Neither did Lane Kiffin, surprisingly. They all want to be on their best behavior. I said this yesterday. If you're open for fireworks or Jimbo or Nick, it ain't going to happen. Um, I find when I talk to people that follow the SEC that they they like Greg Sankey. And the reason I find it, I guess the reason it stood out to me is it got me thinking, like, what commissioners in sports are actually liked? Like that's a hard thing. We 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 talk about you know Commissioner Keith Gill with the Sun Belt, and and I think when it came to the conference realignment, he won the battle. That was the most the most important thing he had to do at his job. He did it. But prior to that, I mean, he deserved heat thrown his way. You can look obviously in the major sports. Oh, Adam Silver. Adam Adam Silver is not all that liked at the moment. He was. But he's but he's so much more liked than any other professional sports commissioner. But, yeah, but whenever I, I I feel like the I feel like the shine is starting to wear off. Well, maybe so. Lately. Okay, but but he's I stand by what I said. So you think he's more liked than say a Greg Sankey? 
No, I think he's more liked than the commissioners of the other professional sports. You're right about that. You're right about Um, that. Well, the thing about Sankey, all right, I got to give the Southeastern Conference credit because they market themselves better than anybody else. And years ago, they had these promotional things where at the end there was the chant, SEC, SEC. Now, you have never gone to a bowl game or a, a, a cross and, and listen to people chant, Big Ten, Big Ten, okay? But they chant SEC. And what has happened because of that is you see... I mean, I was blown away. My son-in-law is about as big an Alabama fan as I know. Everything that he has in his house has an an Alabama, you know, look, he answers the phone roll tide. And he ends phone calls with roll tide. He, um... I can't watch a game with him because he screams at the television on every play. I, I just can't. I can't watch a game with him. Um, he's as big an Alabama fan as there is. And then a few years ago, Auburn's playing for the national championship. Don't say it. And he did. He Don't rooted for Auburn. That's, and I'm that's going so demented. I'm going, dude, that's what so is the up. matter with you? And you know what he looked he looked at me and said, SEC. That's SEC. So, it's just it's it's such a generational thing. But the SEC marketing it that way, it really I think it started because we used to have this discussion like 10, 11 years ago, like why why is there conference pride? And there was we get different callers that say, no, I don't care. I want them all to suck. And you get some others that would try to justify it by saying, well, you know, it, it brings in more money. It helps us, which is minimal for some of the bigger schools when really it's all just predicated on fan ego. And I, I do think a big part of it, Jay, and you, you, with the LSU-USC thing in 03, when the SEC was, I still think, you know, the best conference at the time. Now, USC maybe the best team. It was all debatable, but it was constantly debated. And I can't remember a time before that where the perception of how good a conference was was going to impact a potential championship. And so suddenly these conferences started nitpicking at one another. Oh, well, you have this garbage team. You have that garbage team. And it became this ground to stand on for your own team, even though those other schools are like your direct competition. It was, I found it odd, and then as years went on, it just grew and grew and grew, and then it got to a point, I don't know that there was an exact moment, but to your point, where it was just like this thing that was like normal, and I what, I still find it odd. What the, what, the, what the marketing thing, I want to go back to SEC, SEC. What it did was fans took ownership of the conference. Fans not only... You know, not only now did you have ownership of your own team, but now you had an ownership of the whole conference. So why is Greg Sankey liked? Because Greg Sankey can stand up at SEC media days and said, 
I think we ought to do with, do away with automatic qualifiers and just take the best teams. Yeah, Which is his way of saying because it's going to be all SEC. Well, what do SEC fans say? God, I love Greg Sankey. Listen to what he's saying. Right. So that's why he's so well-liked. Because he's not afraid to stand up and say, look, we're the best conference. Poo on you if you don't believe it. And we can do all of these things because we're the SEC. And the fans are all going, yeah. I Cue up the chant here. Uh, I think some BCS stuff started something organically. And then conferences getting their own network started the marketing side of it. And one led into the other. Sure. And it just grew and grew and grew from there. But I still can't believe... Look, I have a number of close friends that graduated from Auburn. And I will tell you this, Jay. Under no circumstance are they ever cheering for Alabama in a national championship game. So it's still there for some. Trust me. There's still some people that are like, I don't you think I want the tide to win another one so that they can sit there? Like I think I still think it's crazy that your son in law was going for Auburn. Uh, I I'm just it's one I thing. Looked, if, it's one thing if they're like in a in the Outback Bowl against Penn State, and he's like, "Well, it's good in a national championship game, bro." No, I, I that's that's it's it's crazy. Is there another sport comparable to that where like people are like, "Yo, know, I I I understand why the Sun Belt wants the other schools to succeed because your your conference is growing. You want to the stronger you are. I I get it better now than I used to across the board, and I know it's different for each conference. It's just still such a weird concept to me. I, I when I think of these are the these are the teams and schools you're supposed to dislike the most, and you you do one day, and then the next you're like they're be- it's like you know six year old boys you get in a, a, a fight, and then the next day you're best friends again. Like, that's like conferences in college football. It's wild, but in some rivalries, hate just rises above that, right? Yeah, and I you know. Ain't no Cajun fan going was going for Coastal Carolina when they were playing Liberty in that bowl game a few years that is, ago. That is absolutely correct. <laughs> we listen. We listened to that game on the radio. We we're coming back from somewhere. I don't know, and listening to the game on the radio. And uh, yeah, but South Alabama's you know in a super regional. You're rooting for South Alabama. South Alabama's got to get to a super regional first. If they were, um. Yeah, I probably would. But that's that's a hated rival in baseball. I, I, I know. I know. But but it is a situation where because of the conferences we're talking about here, you know, I want our league to get its proper publicity and respect in all sports. Well, the only way that you do that is you go out and earn it on the on the gridiron or on the court or on the diamond. And so, yeah, I'll root. I'll root for league teams um, if they if they get to a certain point. Um, no, I didn't root for Coastal, and I don't. That might be the school in football that could be making a run for a New Year's Six bowl, and I'm sitting there hoping they get beat. I that they managed to do. And they I don't think the whole conference. I, I don't to feel think that I'm way. ever going to forgive. What happened um, in 2020? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think I'm ever going to get over it. And um, so, no, I, I'm not, you know, 
As much as I love Joe Cashin, their play-by-play guy, um, no, I, I'm not. I'm not rooting for coastal football. I don't have a problem with coastal and other sports. Um, you know, I I was rooting for for Southern Miss to get to uh, to get to Omaha, even though they weren't. Yeah, but yeah. technically a member yet, which is why. And, and I was rooting for Coastal in 2016, knowing they were getting ready to join the Sun Belt while they won the national so championship. Here's what I gather when it comes to the college idea of rooting in conference when a team within a conference is playing a team out of conference. That makes sense. It What trumps what, right? Well, if it benefits me because it benefits the conference – I'm probably going to go for it, but if you acted a fool recently or there was some, in the last few years, a lot of animosity, then screw you. I don't care about the conference. I just want you to lose and suffer. Right. So, you know, case-by-case basis. But in other sports, I mean, I I get that it's different. You know, I do. But it, it does not help you in professional sports when your division is... Dominant. I mean, let's be real, Jay. I mean, gates aside, Patriots probably don't have nearly as much. They don't have as many Super Bowl championships if they were playing in a brutal division all those years. They don't. Um, it, it benefits. You don't want the – you don't need to take pride in how good your division is. You know, you think you think the AL East, uh, the AL East right now is, is – Loving the fact that the Orioles are suddenly just kicking tail and doing great, and they're looking at that whole division, and they're all like, holy bleep, this is going to be a battle to the end. No, they're probably like, man, I wish I could just cruise in a lousy division and get into the postseason fresh. And I, oh, well, you know, competition makes you better. Competition. The the Yankees can't. The competition can also keep you out of the postseason. You know, I mean, I I just, I know what what you have to say, but. College sports is different in that way. Now, last thing on that. Do you agree with me that this is more of a 21st century thing than a 20th century deal? The idea of conference pride. Yeah. Yeah, I do. It's just the knowledge the fans have, the message boards, the networks. The BCS kind of helped steer it in that direction. It was... I mean, people might have said, like, I think it's the best conference. Okay, cool. I think mine's the best. You didn't have the – it's that fan interaction that you get in the 21st century on a daily basis where back in the day you rarely got fan interaction, you know, all that often outside of your your conference opponents. And so that's all you knew. And as a result, it's a lot of animosity that could build up. Sports hate – I I agree with our old friend Kevin Foote. Sports hate is great. Sports hate is great. I don't know, man. It can make him kind of insane sometimes, though. Uh, I, I, it's maybe true. not always good for your health. Maybe, maybe not. I, I, you know, <laughs> I'm. I don't know. A week, two, two weeks ago. All right. Dodgers have about a three-game lead over San Diego. And the Dodgers get on a roll. They just had a ten and one home stand before they uh, played at St. Louis and at Anaheim, the, the last two series before the All-Star break. And the Padres are playing the Giants. Sports hate runs deep. I needed for the Padres to lose 
But I sure as hell wouldn't root for the Giants. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, it, yes. And and the Giants wound up either sweeping or taking three out of four. And, um, and I said, okay, here's the good news. We now have a seven-game lead or six-game lead, whatever it was. Now it's nine and a half. Um, the way out of that situation. But I, when, but I sure as hell wasn't rooting when for When someone me. tries to corner you in a wall about your fandom, it's like there was a game that the Saints had to win, I think on a Monday night. Back in 1990, maybe, they went 8-8. Eight and eight. They got into the playoffs, which they hadn't done a ton, and they lost to the Bears. Before their 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 game, I think it was against the Rams, they needed a game on Sunday at noon to go a certain way. They needed the Falcons, I think, to win, maybe beat the Cowboys or something. And they did, but you would have fans say, oh, well, I guess you're rooting for Atlanta. I was like, no, that's no. not what this is about. I'm Mm-mm. rooting for the Saints. I'm not, oh, well, no, but you want them to win. I'm like, I'm just rooting for the Saints. I'm not rooting for the Falcons. But you need them to win. I'm rooting for the Saints. They, they, they'll, they'll try to corner you. They'll try to box you in to get you to say something, Jay. Don't let them do it. F the Falcons, by the way. Yes. <laughs> All yes. right, when we come back, speaking of terrible franchises, let's do something terrible. It's terrible. Tim. Tuesday. On ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. What's up, Acadiana? This is Rich Eisen. Check out the Rich Eisen Show every weekday from noon to 3 and get your sports fix right here on ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app. Hey, sports fans, this is Rich Eisen reminding you to catch the Rich Eisen Show every weekday from 12 to 3 on ESPN Lafayette. Now, back to more of the Great Scott Show with Scott Prather. Great Scott Show. Scott Prather, Jay Walker. Got a uh, got a text from Craig. It says I'll root for Sun Belt teams in baseball, but not other sports. Uh, you know what? I find myself rooting for Sun Belt teams in basketball because if you win, the conference gets a share, which means your school makes money. So I'm I'm okay with that, and I root for them in, in bowl games too. I want to see the Sun Belt, uh, you know. Go undefeated in bowl you games for Coastal Carolina in bowl well, games, except for Coastal. <laughs> Maybe it'll be different six years from now. Maybe Jamie Chadwell moves on. Maybe they, you know, it. it there's, it, it's still fresh. There's not like thirty years of, I hate you. Yeah. You know. Terrible tune Tuesday. You've been warned. Uh, Jay, you, you often talk about disco and how much you hate it. Yeah, that's correct. It was like, it, what's, what's, it, I don't, it's, by the way, it's not a disco song that I have today, but what's, I've always found fascinating about disco is that it wasn't a long period of time in history. Like, how long did disco last? Well, you can, you know, you can have that argument. I think, Songs that got played at discos probably as early as 
maybe 70, 72, 73. But, you know, what really, really, really did it was Saturday Night Fever. Um, and that was, I think, what, in 77. Mm-hmm. But but I think disco music, um, we we weren't calling it that. Okay, they they were just hit records, but I but I think you you go back and you know, and and maybe the maybe the band that I hate the most in the history of music, Casey and the Sunshine Band, you know, seventy five when you know they they wanted to do a little dance, make a little love, and get down tonight. I I really think that by that time, still I don't think it was called disco, but but it was what it was. It just, it, yes, so you have traces of it before and after, but then you have this giant yeah. peak where it's all over. Well, yeah, it's just like that's all that's getting played. You know, when I was in college at the turn of the millennium, emo was at its peak. It was just, and I know it's not on the same level of disco, but you had some little pop, bands that were trying to pass something off as punk that sound nothing there was nothing about it that was punk punk was raw punk was you know it was just visceral this was whiny and there were so many bands that hit bands tore major hits that in the very early 2000s this stuff was just on the radio all the time so suddenly Grunge was gone, and it was, you know, I mean, Pearl Jam was still a thing, but it wasn't what you would, it was just all of this whiny crap. It's just awful, Jay. And there's a band out of Canada called Simple Plan, and they were all emo, and they released, you know, their debut album was called No Pads, No Helmets, Just Balls. Get it? Isn't that so funny? Ha, ha, ha. It was all about I can't be perfect and all of this and yeah 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 yeah. Just I I hated hearing that stuff on the radio all the time. And uh, anyway, they had a number of hits um, that were in the top forty, in the top five. This one reached number five on the U.S. mainstream top forty. Number five in Canada. Number six in Australia. Certified platinum in the U.S. It's called Perfect from 2003, and it is anything but on Terrible Tune Tuesday.
to apologize because that song was not perfect. Terrible. I'll go with that. I'm going back to 1966 today. Um, it's a, a, a novelty song. This is the only song by this particular group that actually charted. Hit number 52 in 1966. It's a band called Dr. West's Medicine Show and Junk Band. Now, it's, it's famous for only one thing. 
the song was written by a member of the band. And the guy's name was Norman Greenbaum. Yeah, I know him. Yeah. Who, of course, four years later would have an anthem that has stood the test of time, Spirit in the Sky. Well, this is how old Norm got his start. Go back to 1966, Dr. West's medicine show and junk band. This is the eggplant that ate Chicago on Terrible Tune Tuesday. That's so bad? Yeah, it was pretty bad. Eggplant that ate Chicago had to walk so spirit in the sky could fly. That's it. Of course, Norman Greenbaum also had as a follow-up to Spirit in the Sky a song called Canned Ham. Oh, yeah. you <laughs> Which has also been played on Terrible Tuesday. That's the DTT right there. Yep. Oh, and it's bad, man. It's bad. All right. <sighs> 
we'll close the book on TTT for today. When we come back, you know, lots happened since the last time Jay and I talked, but conference realignment. UCLA, yeah. Yeah, them and USC are going, but now California's saying, well, you might have to pay us a whole bunch of money. UCLA, don't know if you can do it, but we all know where this thing is headed, so why are we even wasting time getting there? Plus, I'll repeat something I said last week. Why any ACC rumor you hear, you need to come with a whole lot of skepticism. We'll talk about it next. This is The Great Scott Show on a Tuesday. I'm Scott, that's Jay. It's ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Hey, this is Rich Eisen, and you can hear me every day on ESPN Lafayette from noon to 3 on The Rich Eisen Show. While the team's giving all they got against the opponent, he's giving all he's got on the airwaves. Give me all you got! Give me all you got! It's The Great Scott Show with Scott Prather on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Let's play ball, it's game day. We want strikeouts, base hits, double plays. In the MLB All-Star Game, you can hear tonight on our airwaves, ESPN Lafayette, 1033 on the FM, 1420 on the AM and streaming worldwide. I'm Scott, that's Jay. I want to hit on MLB Draft Day 3 in just a moment. Conference realignment. Jay, we're heading to two giant super conferences, aren't we? Sure. So what's the holdup? Well. Lawyers. Yeah, of course. <laughs> that's, that's kind of it, right? We all yeah. know where this thing is heading. Yep. Um, ACC made the mistake several years back. They were freaking out when a couple of big schools left and decided, man, we need to stay together to survive. And they locked in to a deal with the ACC network that apparently to this point has been legally ironclad. A 20, it runs till 2036, I think. Yeah. They regretted it like two years in. Sure. So Clemson, North Carolina, Florida State, you'll hear some rumors, but I wouldn't put any stock in it right now. Well, and Greg Sankey said, to, you know, of course, you know, here's a guy. Now, let's remember, Greg Sankey can stand up and say something and, you know, have his fingers crossed behind his back. But he also said, I mean, those were schools that were rumored to be headed maybe to the Southeastern Conference. And Sankey said, look, you know, we're, we're, do- we're done for now. And um, so, you know, take that for what it's worth. MLB draft day three. And I know what you're keeping an eye on, but give us, give, give the listeners some stuff to watch. Well, you know, I was, I had an eye on it yesterday. Because I thought Tyler Robertson might be a borderline day two pick, okay? And it did not happen, which means he'll be a day three pick. I expect him to go relatively early uh, today. But the difference between a day two pick and a day three pick is negotiating power. If you're a day three pick the maximum bonus that you can be offered is $120,000. And not everybody that's drafted today is going to be offered that. 120 is the maximum. So it will be interesting to see exactly where he goes today. 
because where he goes may or may not have anything to do with how much money they're going to offer him. I, I, my gut tells me that, that TR is probably going to come to terms. But he has stated that you know, if, if the money's not there, I'm coming back because I love this team. I'd love to play another year with the Cajuns. So we'll see what happens with that. Julian Brock, you know, your, your road to the draft really starts in the fall. And there was no road for Julian at that time. Okay, I mean, nobody, ex- oh man, this Brock kid, well, you know what? He hasn't been a starter yet, but he's going to go out and we're going to find out that he's, you know, a, a kid who's got maybe major league talent. Um, nobody said that. So he's gotten a little bit of interest, but if his name is called, it'll be today, but he's a draft eligible sophomore and I don't think $120,000 is going to be enough. So I'm going to say that Julian Brock's going to play for the Cajuns next year. Now, I don't know that. I could be wrong. But that's, that's just, you know, based on, on my looking at, looking at this, how it is. Where do you think he would potentially get drafted? Oh, it, it, I'm sure that it would be late, you know. Yeah. Um, now and 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 I also think that that the the schools uh, the the teams that could potentially draft him I think they understand that he, that he understands that another year in college would be good for him because you're looking at a guy who could be a top five round pick next year so I think that Julian understands that it might be but but then again look. They call your name, and then they start getting with you, and you start thinking about being a professional player. That can turn around sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's why teams will take a flyer on a guy in the 35th round that said openly, I'm not coming out, just to see if something will happen. And somebody may take a flyer on him late just to see if maybe he's ready. Now, here's something interesting, and I have no idea if this is going to affect him or not. One of his best friends is a guy named Trey Faltini who plays shortstop for the University of Texas. He got selected in the seventh round yesterday. And I know that they were together yesterday. Now, is that going to affect things? Who knows? In what way? Like, why would Well, it you know... It? Here's one of your best buds, and you get to see the excitement, and you get to, you know, and I'm sure they were talking about it. And now, you know, the the slot for for him is, you know, I think over a quarter mil, and he might even be able to negotiate up on that. But, you know, you see, well, my, my, my buddy's all excited about going to play for professional baseball. So does that affect him? I have no idea. Probably not. But I'm just throwing it out there. That did happen yesterday. When does it get started today? Uh, One o'clock, I think. All the way up into the All-Star game. I like the draft being now. I do, too. It's much better than the old way. See, sports should learn. You can adjust the schedule. It's all right, guys. It's, It's a good thing sometimes. 
And I'm glad Major League Baseball did it. We'll be paying attention to that uh, today as well. What's the maximum day two can be offered? Well, day two, you're still in the slot area. You're in the top 10 rounds. Now, you have a, every pick has a slot value. But you can get offered above or below slot depending on how teams mm-hmm. have the picks budgeted. Right. And depending on your negotiating power. Correct. You got nowhere to go but to the pros. Well, you don't have a lot of power to stand on there. That's going to do it for the Great Scott Show. I'm Scott. That is Jay Walker. Um, we will chat again in two weeks. We'll have be in fun. August, man. Have fun. You as well. Have fun in New Orleans. And um, the Dan Patrick Show is next tomorrow on the Great Scott Show. Talk about the MLB All-Star Game. Ryan Leaf will be in uh, for an interview, and um, you don't want to miss it. Very forthcoming, very open and honest, and uh, I think you guys will enjoy it. In the meantime, this is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports.